foundations of amateur radio. There's nothing quite as satisfying as the click of a well-designed piece of equipment. It's something that tickles the brain and done well, it makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. If time was on my side and I wasn't going somewhere else with this, I'd now regale you with research on the phenomenon. I'd explore the community of people building mechanical keyboards and those who restore equipment to their former glory. Instead, I'm encouraging you to dig whilst I talk about the second and third harmonics. This is about amateur radio, after all. Over the years, there's been a steady stream of commentary around the quality of handheld radios. Some suggest that the cheaper the radio, the worse it is. Given that these kinds of radios are often the very first purchase for an aspiring amateur, it would be useful to have a go at exploring this. When a radio is designed, the aim is for it to transmit exactly where it's intended to, and only there. Any transmission that's not where you plan is considered a spurious emission. By carefully designing a circuit, by adding shielding, by filtering and other techniques, these spurious emissions can be reduced or eliminated. But this costs money, either in the design stage or in the cost of materials and manufacturing. It's logical to think that the cheaper the radio, the worse it is. But is it really true that a cheap radio has more spurious emissions than an expensive one? To give you an example of a spurious emission, consider an FM transmitter tuned to the 2 meter amateur band. Let's say 146.5 MHz. If you key the radio when all is well, the radio will only transmit at that frequency. But that's not always the case. It turns out that if you were to listen on 293 MHz, you might discover that your radio is also transmitting there. If you're familiar with the amateur radio band plan, you'll know that 293 MHz is not allocated as an amateur frequency, so we're not allowed to transmit there. In fact, in Australia, that frequency is reserved for the Australian Department of Defence, and there's an additional exclusion for the Murchison Radio Astronomy Observatory. 293 MHz isn't a random frequency. It's twice 146.5 MHz, and it's called the second harmonic. There's more. If you multiply the base frequency by 3, you end up at 439.5 MHz, the third harmonic. In Australia, that frequency falls into the amateur allocation as a second use. Its primary use is again the Department of Defence. These two transmissions are examples of spurious emissions. To be clear, the transmitter is tuned to 146.5 MHz, and these unintended extra signals come out of the radio at the same time. This is bad for several reasons, legal and otherwise. The first obvious one is that you're transmitting out of band, which as an amateur you already have no excuse for, since getting your license requires you to understand that this is strictly not allowed. The International Telecommunications Union, or ITU, has specific requirements for what's permitted in the way of spurious emissions from an amateur station. Spurious emissions also mean that there is energy being wasted. Instead of the signal only coming out at the intended frequency, some of it is appearing elsewhere, making the 5 watts you paid for less effective than you hoped for. So, what's this got to do with the click I started with? Well, thanks to Randall, Victor Kilo 6 Whiskey Romeo, I have on loan a heavy box with a cathode ray tube or green CRT screen, lots of buttons and knobs, and the ability to measure such spurious emissions. It's marked HP 8920A RF Communications Test Set. 
Using this equipment is very satisfying. You switch it on and a fan starts whirring. After a moment, you hear a beep. Then the screen announces itself, almost as if there's a PC in there somewhere. Turns out that there is, and the beep is the power-on self-test or post-beep. Originally released in 1992, this magic box can replace 22 instruments for transceiver testing. I started downloading user manuals. Oh boy, there's lots to learn. Bringing back lots of memories, it even has a programming language, Instrument Basic, to control it. Where have you been all my life? Turns out that in 1992, this piece of kit cost as much as my car. Anything for the hobby, right? At the next Hamfest, I'll be using it to measure as many handhelds as I can get my hands on, and taking notes. I have no idea how many I'll be able to test, but I'm looking forward to putting some numbers against the repeated claims of quality and price. I can tell you that a couple of weeks ago, I got together with Randall and Glyn, Victor Kilo 6 Papa Alpha Whiskey, and spent an enjoyable afternoon testing several radios, and there are some surprising results already. Perhaps this is something you might attempt at your next community event. Gather data rather than opinions. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo.